What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who shed some tears for Kyler Murray last night, a.k.a. Mr. DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Mike, super wildcard weekend, first ever, is in the books. Talk to me. It was a cool weekend to watch some uh, some good football, man. I definitely, definitely all things considered, doing pretty well today. But last night was tough for my man, Kyler Murray. He looked like a lost middle schooler out there with that Rams defense coming right at him. So not great. Definitely thought that that was going to be a closer game last night. But good for the Rams. They've been an absolute monster of a team all, uh, not all season, but they definitely have shown at times that they could easily be a Super Bowl favorite. So Great seeing them go off. Great seeing Tom Brady be Tom Brady, as usual. Just the the wild card weekend, whatever he's in, is just a complete cakewalk. So, um, and it's not not really not that uh, that fun to see that Patriots Patriots game as a Patriots fan on uh, on Saturday night. But hey, you know Josh Allen, the Bills got their revenge and they're moving on. It'll be good to see them versus the Chiefs. But definitely excited for next week's uh, football games. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to watch any of the games this weekend. Mostly just looked at the box scores. I was pretty busy watching uh, the Book of Boba Fett. So yeah. I'll have to catch up on all the game action at yeah. some point. You got your uh, priority straight, Max. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That Disney Plus is expensive, man. We got to put it to good use. Of course. So, of course. Uh, but everybody knows the deal now. When you're on the show, um, well, at least these two-person shows, mm. you're bringing the polls. So we got a bunch of fun Dynasty polls for tonight. But to quickly kick things off, Tweet of the Week this week, Jackson A. Bevins. Apologies if I screwed that name up. I don't really know how they say it. But uh, we'll get it posted on Twitter. Throw it in the show description. Now for the really fun stuff. So, Mike, we did not take these polls lightly. These are some tough questions. We were going back and forth with our answers before we got on the mics. That's right. Take us through the first one that you ran and uh, show us where the wisdom of the crowds brought us here. Yeah. So, you know, this time of year, we're, we're past all the games. We're getting to the point of the uh, we're getting to the offseason where at this point we want to start talking dynasty rankings, trade values. Where do we view this guy in comparison to this guy? Uh, so I thought it'd be fun to get some polls up on Twitter this week. So the first one we're going to kick it off with is two running backs, both of which are both uh, very young running backs, even though uh, one of them. Um, has been in the league for a while. So we're talking Antonio Gibson versus Saquon Barkley. Uh, in this poll, it looks like people erred on the side of Antonio Gibson with 55% of the total votes going to him and 45% of the total votes going to Barkley. Um, I know personally I'm a huge fan of Antonio Gibson, and I definitely, um, you know, it was nice to see him do really well this year despite being injured with a shin injury pretty much the entire year. Uh, and Saquon was definitely a guy that I was a little bit worried about going into this year. And it seemed like, you know, he still had some some lingering effects from his injury from the prior year, as well as another injury that he picked up uh, in the season this year. So um, how do you feel about this one, Max? I know that I'm definitely Team Gibson. It makes me sad. It makes me sad to think of a world where generational fresh out of Penn State Saquon Barkley is just tumbling down people's dynasty mm-hmm. rankings and it might be the hottest topic out there right now like what do you do with this player in dynasty and I'm with you I think I am going Gibson mostly for the stability right the age mm-hmm. 
yeah, Gibson's a little younger, but it's it's relatively negligible. Um, I think the problem is we haven't seen 2,000 yard from scrimmage rookie year Saquon Barkley in what feels like an eternity mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, you alluded to Gibson's success on the field this year, but, I mean, he was number six in rushing yards, number 17 in juke rate stats that we love to take a look at for running backs. And the real context there is that he was doing all of this while playing through a stress fracture in his shin. Exactly. So seeing what he was able to do, play through injury, you know, Max Anders and I had uh, a deep dive segment we did on Gibson a couple weeks back or whenever it was. And we both talked about how this is a player still kind of learning the position that's going to continue to get better. So I'm going Gibson here, but I want to, I want to add some very specific context. If I am in a startup, I think Gibson is the no brainer. I think where you're going to have to take these guys, there's too much risk associated where Barkley is probably still going to be on draft boards. But if you can go find a Saquon Barkley owner right now that is hitting the panic button, that might be where I'm a little bit more interested, right? If you are not 100%. sinking second round super flex startup cost into Saquon Barkley, or even maybe back of the first, you know, depending on how some of these, uh, some of these fantasy services structure their rankings and where people are is, tends to set the value for the board, no matter who you're drafting with. That's where I could be a lot more interested in Saquon Barkley. And I can, I can already tell that I'm going to be having these conversations in the off season, right? If there are some yeah. tanking teams, not necessarily tanking, but some teams that are on the bottom half of the contenders that have Saquon willing to part with him for probably less than he's worth. That's where I think I'm interested. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. You know, as far as if you're starting a dynasty team, uh, I view Antonio Gibson as he has the upside to, you know, if you see even the slightest uptick of targets, um, you know, his usage in the passing game next year, we'll see what the future brings for JD McKissick um, on their team. You know, I see that they, they could absolutely have more than enough room to improve uh, heading into next season where Antonio Gibson had plenty of games where there was just a terrible game script where he didn't see as many rushes as he probably should have. Um, but, you know, Barkley is still an extremely valuable player with the ability to catch passes like like no other running back, you know. So if you have someone in your league that has just been, you know, bitten by Barkley is kind of it's it's a, akin to kind of a Joe Mixon um, kind of deal over the past couple of years where it's if you can find a person that is fed up with owning this player and you can get them even if it's not on the low even if it's at a at a you know what you view as a pretty even uh value i think it's worth going and grabbing him but as far as you know having the young gun that that has seems to have a very bright promising future and has shown the ability to play through an injury and still finish as number six in rushing yards give me antonio gibson by by a hair here yeah and you made a great last point there just i want to circle back on real quick is barkley just needs to get healthy because i think 80 percent of generational talent saquon barkley with his receiving upside if he's healthy playing 17 games feels so weird saying 17 games now but if he's healthy (laughs) and playing 17 games uh i think there's some real upside there so let's move in to the second poll changed positions a mm-hmm. little bit here why don't you walk us through uh another tough one that you threw out on twitter today yeah totally two guys that are again very close to each other in fantasy pros uh overall dynasty super flex ranking so uh we're switching from running back to wide receiver here we're talking debo samuel uh versus stefan Diggs. so in this poll i was actually 
pretty surprised to see uh, just how much people were in favor of Debo Samuel. It looks like about two-thirds, 69% of people, nice, were in favor of Debo Samuel, while uh, only 31% of people, 4% saying a lot in favor, uh, were for Stefan Diggs. So I, this is a very tough one for me. Um, I know that I was someone personally that was very low, unfortunately, coming into the season on Debo Samuel. Um, I had some worries uh, about Trey Lance coming in there. I had some worries about um, his very low A dot numbers. That I thought that you know, if this guy, um, he had had some injury issues, of course, too. But I didn't see him, at least in comparison to Diggs. If you ask me this in preseason, I would say Diggs, hundred percent all the way. But now, you know, after seeing a season full of Debo Samuel just being an absolute monster at evading tackles being super elusive he was number two in uh yards after the catch amongst wide receivers i think i'm kind of leaning towards debo here as well you know he's two years younger um we were doing some research before the show too he was actually outside of the top 20 in receptions but for him to still finish in the top five of wide receivers and fantasy points just proves just how much of a lethal weapon this guy is he's getting seven to eight carries per game too, being super efficient getting a ton of touchdowns i i think i'm leaning samuel here yeah it's rare that it really comes down to an age tiebreaker for me that i view some guys so closely um Mm -hmm. as soon as you threw the pull up my head said digs and then i thought about it for a little bit and with the two-year age gap i you know the whole, the whole yards after catch thing is absolutely crazy at 1,400 yards. And that's just totaling up his receiving mm. yards, right? Not even the uh, snaps he takes at running back where he looks better than Elijah Mitchell out there. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because that is not historically a, su- a super sticky stat year over year, right? It is very hard on a field of the best in the world at what they do to go out there and, you know, catch the ball basically at the line of scrimmage and just evade people up and down the field. Right. But Debo did it. Diggs, on the other hand, who feels just continued, like as soon as Stephon Diggs climbs to the top of the mountain and he's finally there, he gets, you know, pushed back down by dynasty leaguers because it was happening for years and years. Last year was his big breakout campaign. Still crushed it this year was an absolute stud. If you had him on your team, Number two in air yards. So very different with how these guys win on the field, right? Debo making people miss. Diggs more winning down in the intermediate and deep parts of the field. Um, I'm going Samuel. I'm not sure I feel amazing about it, but I'm going Samuel. And I think really when you just stack them together, it's the two-year age gap. Buying those extra two years back at the position helps offset a little bit of the risk of like, what does the Trey Lance offense look like, right? I mean, with it, with Diggs, we kind of know what he's probably going to look like for the foreseeable future. I think it's Debo by a hair, and it, it pains me to say that because I've been such a Stefan Diggs guy for, for a long time. Totally. I mean, I, I, I think you put it perfectly. It's a difficult decision to make. Um, I can't fault anyone for erring on the side of Diggs, you know, with Josh Allen and the way that it's just that big playability for Samuel on the ground, you know, making stuff happen with, with his feet or Diggs just being a beast downfield, you know? And I, I think it's, it comes down to the age for me. Um, 
in, in dynasty. That's, that's really all it is. This next one is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> so walk us through some Kyler Murray versus Joe Burrow action. Totally. Yep. Going from wide receiver to QB. So arguably one of the most important uh, positions to talk about, especially when you're talking super flex leagues. So um, we pinned, pinned these two up against each other after mind you a absolutely horrid performance from Murray last night. So this is true. This just, context is needed. <laughs> to put that, to put that in context. And after Joe Burrow leading the Bengals to their first playoff victory in decades. So um, either way, all that aside, looks like at this moment, uh, you know, week one of playoffs in 2020, uh, 2022, Joe Burrow came out with uh, 58% of the total here, while 42% of people would still prefer Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, coming into this year, Kyler would definitely be 100% ranked above Joe Burrow for most people, I would argue. Um, but you know, you saw some, you saw some really incredible play out of Joe Burrow, uh, in the Bengals offense down the stretch. I can't, as much as I love Kyler Murray and I would probably, um, probably be gunning for him still in this, in this poll, Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense with the weapons that they have, um, you know, he, it's all young weapons too. You know, you, you can't not look at this Bengals team and think that this could be a special team for the next five or so years. Um, where Kyler still has, you know, my heart and my, even using my, my brain to make these decisions is the rushing upside, particularly in fantasy. And especially in leagues where rushing touchdowns are valued more than passing touchdowns. Um, Kyler, especially this year was definitely not running as much. Uh, you know, he had an ankle injury and in I believe week six or seven or so, um, that really seemed to hamper his ability. Even he missed three weeks and then they had a bye week and then he came back. He seemed to not be quite the same guy on the ground. Um, but you know, this is the kind of guy that just makes ridiculous big plays left and right. And it's the kind of guy that I would not want to give up on after his first playoff game with his head coach having his first playoff game without his best weapon in DeAndre Hopkins against a Rams defense that was at home and just right on him every single play. You know, I think it's important to, to be able to separate playoffs from regular season and understanding that Kyler Murray from a fantasy standpoint is still ahead of Joe Burrow for me. Um, but I'm curious where you stand on this. No, I'm with you. Uh, it's funny. There's so far there's been, uh, we've been in consensus with, uh, the Twitterverse, but we're, we're both going opposite here. And if you wanted to skew this conversation, like really, really long term, um, I think the answer is Burrow. I think mm -hmm. sometimes you have to be very careful. These guys that really make a living using their mobility yeah. to go out there, whether, whether it's, getting yards on the ground with their feet or just using their mobility to scramble around and, and, you know, make the passes. Um, it's, it's an interesting conversation, but I don't take that far of a view with dynasty, right? I'm banking on the next couple of years, knowing that either one of these quarterbacks is going to be a great bet. If we're talking super, super far down, maybe you go with more of like the Joe Burrow pocket passer versus the guy that, Runs a little bit more, although you don't really see Kyler Murray take a ton of big hits. Typically, yeah. he's pretty good at evading the tackles. Mm -hmm. I think it's Murray, and it's exactly for the reason you outlined. It is just, you know, Joe Burrow 
Joe Burrow has to throw for four times as much as Kyler Murray rushes yeah. in order to make up for that difference. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's the way the scoring works. It's no longer a cheat code or it's no longer a secret that that's the cheat code. And Murray looked great throwing the ball this year too. You know, we were looking Absolutely. it up on, uh, on player profiler. He was number one in money throws. So he uses his mobility. He's obviously getting those points on the ground, but really, really took another step forward as a passer this year. Totally. And like you said, that was without his true number one wide receiver in, in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see what they do this off season. Um, I know obviously AJ Green's probably going to be saying goodbye. Um, is Christian Kirk a free agent at this point? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. That's a good question. Yeah. I think, I think he might, uh, think they might have some decisions there. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, James Conner and Jace Edmonds are both free agents as well. I think there's going to be a lot of change there. I think this is a team that understands that they have a very good quarterback. I don't think that they're going to, um, I, I, or I should say that I believe that they will be one of the more aggressive teams this off season. You saw their, their aggressive nature when they went out and traded for Zach Ertz, um, right before the deadline, you know, so, I, I just think that, that this could be a case where a lot of people um, are, are taking, you know, it, it, Kyler definitely was not completely elite towards the end of the season, but people could be taking this playoff loss way too, weighting it way too heavily. And he could definitely shock some people next year. And I'm excited to, to, to hype him up. Yeah, dynasty leaguers and fantasy any any fantasy player alike, uh, none of us are immune to recency bias. Yep. So I totally get what you mean. Maybe it would have been fun to see what this poll looked like two weeks ago, totally. but uh, we posted it today. So here are your results. It's what it and is. Uh, yeah, so let's move on and close out the show. So I thought it'd be fun to do a little running back rewind, take it back to the 2019 class, and uh, see see how these guys are shaking out right now. So we got a three way poll. Do you prefer either Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, or Mike's guy? David Montgomery. So Mike, walk us through where the percentages shook out on this. Cause these are guys, three guys that are pretty close together. Yeah. So, um, looks like, so the majority of people would prefer David Montgomery here, 58% of the voters. So well over half, um, Josh Jacobs came in with 37% of the vote while my Miles Sanders came in with just 5% of the vote here, which I know that he definitely had a down year. He was injured maybe underused a little bit here and there, but I was shocked to see people quite that low. Uh, as Max said, my guy here is probably David Montgomery just by a hair. Um, his usage over the past few years has been insane. Uh, this past year, he was number two amongst running backs in Snapshare, as well as number five in red zone touches. Um, I really think that the Bears like what they have in him. He seems like a very important leader for them. Uh, which, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily speak to anything in fantasy terms, but it, he, he seems like a guy that I think the Bears are going to continue giving that lead back role consistently, even though they're going to have a new uh, head coach coming in. Um, but, you know, Josh Jacobs up to this point has really been sneaky way better than a lot of people think he has been. Uh, you know, I think he's the type of guy that has been banged up with some different injuries over the years, but he's played through them. His definitely could have affected his, his efficiency. But if you look at his yards per carry numbers, he's still been pretty solid. And something that's been lacking over the past few years is his receiving upside, which seems to be on the rise. I think, you know, the new head coach with the Raiders there definitely used him a lot more at the tail end of this season. 
Um, you know, this I could very well go Jacobs here, but um, Monty's my guy, and then Miles Sanders. I, there's a lot of unanswered questions there for me. I definitely think he could be the type of guy that you could go buy low uh, somewhere if someone is fed up with him, it, it much it like uh, a Mixon or a Barkley. But um, where where do you stand on this one, Max? You know, I had a really hard time with this one, and I ultimately wound up going with Josh Jacobs. Um, and it was because of the improved passing usage. I think it's, I think Montgomery and Jacobs are very close. And I think right now Sanders feels a tier below, which is, which is sad to say I was in less super flex leagues than I am now when this draft class was coming in. And I remember thinking it was amazing that I could maybe trade up to the one Oh three or trade back from the one Oh one move around the board and get Miles Sanders. Cause he was like the consensus three in this class. Yeah. yeah. Josh Jacobs typically going off the board at the 101. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Josh Jacobs, fantasy points per game the last three years, number 13, number 12, number 15. He's been awesome for your fantasy team. I mean, he is the highest end RB2 when he is on the field, which is pretty much all the time. You know, we, we talk about being injury prone or maybe having some nagging stuff, but Josh Jacobs is always out there. He's a true warrior. And for me, it really is that increase in the passing game usage. You and I were talking a little bit about before the show. I think there's some uncertainty with David Montgomery, although you you said before the Bears like him, and I can tell you how I know they like him because Khalil Herbert looked awesome yeah. when he stepped in for those games. And as soon as David Montgomery was healthy, it was like, nope, he's yep. all the touches. 100%. So you know that they like him. I still am keeping the flame lit for Justin Fields. Um, I still like Justin Fields as a prospect, and I think he showed some things this year in a dysfunctional Bears season Mm -hmm. for you to get excited about. But with the Justin Fields archetype of player comes maybe losing some rushing production, right? Maybe getting snaked in uh, in the red zone, right? Dialing those touches back. And ultimately what can really bring those running backs over the top is those receptions. So yeah. if you're David Montgomery, instead of getting those dump offs from Andy Dalton next year, you might be, you know, just not getting targeted because Justin Fields is going to scramble and get the first down. So I think there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Jacobs, you know, playing with Carr in an offense that's just continuously valued him his first three years. I think he's just going to continue to get the workload. They brought in other options, right? They had Kenyon Drake in there. Jacobs has just kind of continued to be this, this outlier that one of the reasons I was down on him was not a fantastic athlete. You know, wasn't really the bell cow at Alabama was splitting touches with Damian Harris, who I've always been pretty high on at the end of the day. If I'm forced to push the button, I think it's Josh Jacobs. And I do love the point you made about miles Sanders because he had over 900 yards from scrimmage this year and zero, absolutely zero touchdowns. It's um, wild. Number three in true yards per carry. So just kind of looking at his down-to-down efficiency as a runner. Still some nice things. We all know I'm a Jalen Hurts believer, so I think Jalen Hurts <laughs> is going to stick around. I think that offense is going to be fun. I think it's still kind of growing into itself. And I think Sanders, Dan and I pointed this out a bunch of shows back, feels like a great potential buy-low in Dynasty this offseason. Yeah, I, I love it. Just, you know, if you look at his numbers – he really, really played well. He was very efficient. And it was just a matter of, you know, not not getting in the early part of the season, not getting enough touches. 
Uh, and then he unfortunately went down with an injury. So again, I think if, if you can find someone that's, that's frustrated with him right now, um, you know, I think he's definitely worth taking, taking the quote unquote risk on because clearly he's a good running back. There might not be too much risk as far as the talent is concerned, but he's just got to put it all together next year. Yeah. And it's funny, this is all kind of coming full circle in the moment here, but we were talking about Saquon Barkley earlier and part of my rationale when Miles Sanders was coming out of Penn State, the reason that he didn't do anything until his last year there was, well, he was behind one of the greatest running back prospects we've ever seen. So two former Penn State superstars kind of tumbling down the dynasty rankings right now. And honestly, we might have to end the show there because I don't think there's anything else that's, so. uh, that's coming as full circle <laughs> as right. that. So, but this was good. We will keep doing the polls. Hopefully we get Dan back for next show. You yeah. know, Dan's a busy guy. And the ghost of Dan is always hanging around. Whenever I was just going to say, he's always shows. with us. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get him back on the mics next week. But getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs>